killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Alright Give me a that, sip of that beer Yeah, that's what I'm saying I'm feeling... Uh... I've had so much bone shaker lately because I've been cat sitting for my friends who one of them works at Amsterdam Brewery. Sure. Laura. What's up, Laura? So she left me a bunch of bone shaker in the fridge. I'm talking like 16 bone shakers. So I go over there in the afternoon with the best of intentions but end up drinking a bunch of these. <laughs> the best of intentions. You mean just to hang out with a cat? To hang out with a cat. <laughs> Nothing better. Titus. Shout out to Titus. I know Shout you're listening. Titus is is one of our, our biggest fans. Biggest fans. And he is a cat. You know what? Laura, that cat's name is Titus. That's awesome. It's great. It's a great name. <laughs> Ti- Laura, now that I'm thinking about it, give Titus his own Instagram account. What are you doing? You've got an awesome yeah. cat. I want to see photos of that thing. Do you, uh, does he like... I noticed... Um, man, this is indulgent. Just us talking about the cat that you're cat sitting, but yeah. I'm into it. We'll, we'll post it. It'll be our one <laughs> non-episode Instagram post. Please follow <laughs> Titus the cat on Instagram. I was, if we just posted a picture of Titus with the little square in the corner, text Chris Dave's cat... <laughs> I would love that, and so would the whole internet. So we're going to do that. I know you love um, animal accounts. So you followed one from Texas Chris Savesaw's Instagram account. We followed Ollie does tricks. Tilly does tricks. Tilly does tricks, which I watched. Those are some solid tricks. Tilly is an unreal dog. I work with her. Follow Tilly does tricks on Instagram. Wait, yeah. so you know that dog? I see her every, like oh almost my every day. God, I feel like I'd be starstruck if I saw Tilly now. Dude, she is amazing. I'm going right. to swing by your work sometime, but let me know when Tilly's there. Uh, Wednesday is a good day for that. Tilly's um, usually around on Wednesdays? Often around on Wednesdays, sometimes in the evenings. Um, the, but Tilly's the greatest dog. And I'm actually going to take this opportunity to plug Tilly Does Tricks. Please check out Tilly Does Tricks on Instagram. She's an amazing dog, and she's also an advocate for aversive free training and aversive free tools, so like shot collars and prongs and stuff that hurts your animal to make them listen to you. She's against it. So check out Tilly. She's the coolest dog in the world. She skateboards. Fucking awesome. When I say she skateboards, I mean she'll ride on a moving skateboard. And when Jess says push, she one of her four legs goes down and pushes the skateboard to move it forward. Ride, she'll go but up on all. Like she's amazing. Like, you probably all remember it was a big deal in two thousand one or two when Tony Hawk landed that ten eighty. But when Tilly landed the ten eighty, <laughs> that was next level. The internet exploded. Oh shit! <laughs> so it's Tilly, the dog of one of your coworkers. Yeah, and uh, Jess is just an amazing trainer. She just she rescues animals that need help, like. So like with anxiety issues who are medicated for it right. um she gives her dog the heimlich because he's got problems swallowing she's an amazing person she doesn't train her dogs like they're animals she like works with them like they have little personalities and hopes and dreams like i love that and i love this for the podcast we now have text cats dave dogs <laughs> fan club well done go in br- take pictures of your animals we want to see them what what is the internet for if not to see your awesome pets mm-hmm and the shit they can do uh text pets is gonna be and yeah i don't, I don't want you to feel Instagram. i don't want you to feel ashamed scaredy cats if your dogs can't land a 1080 i mean tilly's been working on that for a long time yeah like weeks weeks okay <laughs> so just just whatever your animals are doing that's hilarious dm us that shit oh dm us your pets uh or snapchat us your cats yes way more. on snapchat we haven't plugged our social in i think three or four apps which is yeah we've very been unlike us we've been uh kind of low-key with the socials lately but i yeah. mean but we are everywhere. We'll jump back on them. We're on, on all the social medias with the same username. We're probably the only one. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. Um, if someone wants to start a Pinterest for us, that'd be rad. That'd be pretty rad. If someone wants to start a Wikipedia page for us, that'd be pretty rad. Oh, yeah, do that, please. <laughs> nice little episode index. Feel yeah. great about that. I've been, I'm not going to do it. 
because that's what always happens. No, so Someone I know we're, we're giving you a lot of homework it. off the top, but that, maybe that's just because we're so excited about we're what we're doing today. Finally, watching Dog Soldiers. Uh, that was last week, Dave. Uh, uh, we watched it. We talked about it earlier today. I I could go for another Dog Soldier. Round? I could go for Dog Soldiers right this minute. Yeah, I could go for a super cut, uh, cut down to sixty seconds max of all the bloodiest scenes. Sure. I fucking loved when that werewolf was just ripping the guy's head just, off. Yeah, just and that, like you said, the soupy spill over the side of the car. Oh, that was so, so subtle, gross. but so effective. So good, just that he's just been mulched up inside there. And also, just to talk back, just to recap last episode, <laughs> um, when we didn't, we weren't quite sure what was happening. Where the dog was pulling at the one dude, and we thought it might be the intestine. Oh my god! Which would have been amazing, and wouldn't have been too out of nowhere because they do heal automatically. That's the only thing that makes that okay. Yeah, is that they're healing? <laughs> because when I saw what I thought was the dog pulling on the end of a rubber tube looking intestine yes. like that man is not alive now <laughs> he's not alive you can't have a dog chew on your intestine and you're still cool i felt the same way but then it's when they had that other shot of him in the bedroom and showed the bloody bandage yeah. i realized oh that's what the dog was pulling yeah. on yeah unfortunately sure. it makes sense and it was a different color so yeah, yeah, they, yeah it looked different than the rest of the intestines so it makes sense and it makes sense that they're healing things whatever absolutely i'm over it now but at the moment in the moment yeah, it was a joyful excitement of is a dog playing tug of war with a large intestine of this man yeah. who's yelling at the dog because that's amazing. We talked to like just because this is a dog, um, the top of this one is real dog based. Um, we talked how we didn't like how Davos shot the dog. Yeah, but I didn't mention how I was worried for the rest of the movie that the other dog was going to get killed, uh, like in some sort of like reflective, you know, like, fair enough, yeah, image to you know, be based on the first. Yeah, but it didn't happen thankfully, and that was great um and i was i was so curious as to why the dog wasn't um flipping out at the yeah. werewolves which was such a great twist then by the end when you realize oh the werewolf is all the family that all live the family. in this home yeah so the dog is used to seeing them in this form that was a great call i would just would never have put that together yeah except that's for davos perfect. is the one werewolf that the dog is growling at yeah because that's, that's the one part that's of the familiar. family yeah yeah that's so good just perfect yeah. and i'm sure they didn't intend to like really nail that yeah but they did so again, there are lots of things that we did really love and appreciate about Dog Soldiers. Yeah, you go back and fine. check out the movie. Check out the episode if you want some like reasonably fun, bloody werewolf yeah. camp. Absolutely. Just, just have a few drinks. But today we are watching 1996 classic, a horror movie that for us, I mean, this came out right when we were 10, 11, maybe for you, 8, 9. Like this is a very exciting and for myself, biographical horror movie. I can't think of a single movie from 1996 that was big and genre-inspiring or huge or super important. Well, this one kick-started, <laughs> kick-started horror movies again, really. Like, especially the teen slasher in the late 90s. Ooh, we're getting closer. Like, this one... There's another hint. Didn't we already say what it was? I said dog soldiers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought we... Okay, maybe we haven't said what it is. Maybe we did. I don't it's remember. It's kind of obvious, especially because if you clicked play on this episode, you know what we're talking about. And that's always the gag. Now. We're watching... <laughs> I know. And it just sounds stupider if we all potentially already said Scream five yeah. minutes ago. Oh, uh, anyway. Anyways, we're watching Scream today. I'm so pumped. This there we is go. such an... Uh, such a huge horror movie for me personally. I love it. I don't know if you have the same experience with it. Like, was this, did you watch this one early on? No, actually. Um, I was scared of horror movies uh, around this time. Okay. Um, so I actually watched Scary Movie first. Oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then I went back and watched Scream. And so Scary Movie comes out in 99. This is three years after Scream. Mm -hmm. And in the same year. Uh, so I saw it in theaters, uh -huh. which was fucking i shouldn't have but i also I saw to... it in theaters cool. I, had, I had like a friend's mom who took us along 
even though we were, I don't know, 12? Yeah, yeah, 12, uh, 11, 12 at the time. So we shouldn't have been in there. Nope. But it felt so great to be just in a movie that I know I shouldn't be watching. And it was, yeah, it was just so raunchy. and Again, we're talking about scary movie, not Scream. Scary movie, not Scream. And then (laughs) after that, after that, I would go back and watch Scream. And both of those things, like both Scary Movie and Scream are... um, in the cloud in my memory where i can barely barely recall i can recall david arquette's face uh-huh. um I, and not doofy's face not really no, doofy, doofy is the parodied version of david arquette's character in scary movie no i can't really i can see um was it in my mind they're so linked that i see david arquette playing the, the parody, parody version as well <clears throat> who is There's no way that's right who is the kid who he was um francis and malcolm in the middle he was in one of them. Oh, was he? He was in one of them. I don't remember which one for sure. One of the scary movies? Yeah. Okay. I think he's the one who... Man, I as a fan <laughs> of horror movies, like I watched... I think I saw almost all the scary movies I kept in theaters. Yeah. Like, I would go... It was an I event. Would, I'd go and see what horror movies they're taking on this time. I kind of thought... And I didn't... Like, the thing is, I'm telling you, I was kind of scared of horror movies at the time. Yeah. Like, I didn't really watch them much. And I would watch scary movie to get a taste... Mm. You know what I mean? But scary movie was kind of like the pop horror movies at the like or at the time. Like there's the one that was like basically the grudge and signs. Absolutely. Or the yeah. ring and signs. Just it would take the biggest box office horror movies yeah. and take the biggest scenes out of all those, stitch them together with a loose narrative, boom, you got a parody movie. This is this is all just me reflecting on where it sits in my memory. Right. But this is not Scream. This scream. is not the right memory of Scream. So when did, when did you first movie. when did you first watch Scream? It would have been just after seeing the first scary movie. So, so. you saw a scary movie and you're like, I want to see what this is parodying because those scenes look pretty cool kind of yeah i think that's what it was or i think it just happened that way it's like scream oh like from the okay sure right like it came up in a group of friends but yeah cool cool where i always have such a foggy memory of what happened in those times so my earliest conscious memory of scream is when i'm it's the summer of 1997 so scream came out in theaters december of 1996 which is crazy in its own right for a horror movie to be released in christmas the month of christmas yeah holiday season up against like jerry Maguire or some shit Mm mm-hmm and so that by the end of that summer we were just moving into our new place uh outside of ottawa and because we move in and get a new cable subscription you get like a free preview of all these other channels and one of those is the movie network which is our canadian version of hbo essentially or at the time it was now i think we just have hbo canada yeah with a cable subscription yeah complain about that for days but i won't and i would love even though we only like the movie scream wouldn't be on until way late after i went to bed we could see previews of the movies that tmn had and i remember seeing like a trailer for scream yeah okay Okay. that summer that it was on and that was my first like introduction of it i was 10 years old or whatever and i remember being so compelled and like what is this like this seems terrifying and obviously i wouldn't be allowed to watch it but at that same time then um online this was big at the time before you had high speed internet movie scripts would be leaked online. And that was how you could, okay. if you were did enough digging, um, get access to things before they were out. Cause you obviously couldn't download ah. the movie over modems over a 28 K modem. Right. So you so, can only get the scripts that uh, so, that's weird. I never is, participated in that. That's so very interesting for me. This is the late nineties and my experience of horror movies. Cause I knew I wasn't allowed to go see them. So my first exposure to scream and I know what you did last summer and scream Two, I believe by the time uh, Scream 3 and The Faculty came out in those movies. I could go see them somehow. But those right, first yeah. earliest ones, I had I read the script of before seeing the movies. <laughs> That's so weird to me, man. It's crazy, right? So the, my you first exposure to Scream script? was I read its script before I had actually seen the movie. Start to finish? Yeah, on a screen, scrolling Whoa. down. 
So I had read those and then, yeah, read the same with Scream 2 and the same with I Know You Did Last Summer before I could actually get Insane, like, a friend who was allowed to rent the VHSs and finally see it. It said, but like, even, Ghostface pops out and stabs. Yeah. And reading that shit. Here's the crazy part is some of these websites that would upload the scripts is they would take screen caps of specifically the death scenes. So they would show in this movie that we're watching today, Scream, it would show the girl, like, mangled in the garage door. And oh, it would, so man. when it got to that point in the script, it would show that picture. So it would give That's you like perfect. a little bit of a visual of it as you go through. Like a little storybook. So as like, you know, a 10, 11 year old who was just discovering like, oh, this really excites me. Horror movies really excite me. It was so, it was such a tease to be able to read and know what happens and see these images, but not get the full exposure. Wow, dude. And that when I finally was able to watch it, it was, it didn't take away from it at all. Yeah. Like I was so excited really? and pumped to see it, all these scenes play out. Yeah. In my infancy or just my youth that uh that definitely would have not scared me at all reading something because it was what got to me about movies was all the little tricks that they use all the oppressive sound the surrounding darkness you know the right i don't know the fact that you're backed up in your seat kind of thing like that is what got me about movies and it made it really hard for me to watch got to me about aliens yeah <laughs> like all the little tricks that they use to overwhelm the audience just worked on me. So right. if I were to read the script word for word in a sterile way, even with those images, yeah, that probably would have like really encouraged me to see it because I would have just been interested. Oh, and I wanted to, like I would obviously have rather watch these movies, but that's, I just, that was that's, all I had available. That's so weird. And for me, just watching those trailers as well as reading the scripts, the trailers would give enough of the aesthetic of the movie that I could let my imagination fill in the gaps and with the images the script and exactly the i had enough pieces but that was enough just like horror those we are love, all the variables you need yeah. yeah like you want it's what you don't know that is more scary so somehow this this heightened the experience of the scream screenplay more than even seeing the movie and interestingly wow. in this late 90s culture of scripts being read online um <clears throat> the scream 2 script got leaked before they started filming or while they were starting to film and so the first screenplay that i read of scream 2 is actually a different ending and a different outcome oh of the story. man and scream 2 came out in theaters almost one year to the date after the first one did because the first was such a huge success yeah that the studio just rushed it just like unbreakable with the sixth sense they pushed it as quickly as they can to get it out there so as a result apparently kevin williams was writing scenes the day of before they were filming Whoa, and dude. it's a miracle that scream 2 is as good as it is because it was so last minute and thrown together so but are you saying that like you got hugely surprised after having read the script and then it was a different ending? i watched the movie and it's a different ending Ending, yeah wow. which is that added a whole other layer of excitement that's to amazing that's yeah fucking amazing yeah so that's a crazy and such a particular that's encapsulated a, in time experience of watching I, a horror movie i think both of those are very very strange maybe not necessarily strange but like a very particular yeah way to go into seeing a movie like one i've seen the parody of the movie right i enjoyed it so much that i wanted to go see the movie Dude, you've read the script and you loved it so much you needed to go see it. Like, we both have very unique experiences with yeah, this movie. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Although the difference is that like you it really got to you. I think maybe just being like a, a little bit older and, and really into horror movies, because when I was a little younger I wasn't. I right. like I had big bursts of like watching a bunch of them. So Scream never stuck out to me. Slashers were never very interesting to me. So I uh I watched it and forgot it and and then learned years later that like people like were diehard fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I was saying, this movie really kickstarted that late 90s teen slasher craze and really is responsible for 
things like Dawson's Creek because Kevin Williams is the creator of that show and mm. Scream was his first big screenplay that took off and the very next year he did Scream 2 the year after that he did The Faculty and I Know What You Did Last Summer we gotta watch so, The Faculty and we gotta watch I Know What You Did Like yeah. The Faculty more than I Know What You Did Last Summer I agree I yeah, love The yeah. Faculty so much and then he did Teaching Mrs. Tingle which didn't get as much hype it wasn't as big I don't even know if it is really classified as horror I haven't seen it in a while I don't even know what that is it's another Um, it's like Katie Holmes was the star of it and I think they kill their teacher or something, or their teacher's a killer. Anyways, but okay. <laughs> he eventually got to make Dawson's Creek just because of all of the success. And you had all these other studios realizing how <laughs> successful Scream was and putting out films like Final Destination, like Urban Legends, like Valentine. So hmm. this is that I'm like, you know, we're like 10 to 13 years old when all these movies are coming out. We're the right age. This is that time in horror that we really were sucked in and clicked in to yeah. what the genre had to offer. And those slasher films were so exciting as an 11-year-old. Yeah, because even though I wasn't necessarily seeing those right when they were coming out, right when, like, I guess it was a resurgence of horror. Yeah, um, slasher in particular, mm, I'd slasher, say. Slasher, okay. Um, when I, I wasn't even part of that, but it was, like, it's definitively in the foundation of my understanding of, like, horror history and what I feel is, like, scary and where I feel like things came from. Right. Is just because it was just plastered around me on like posters and people were talking about it and Mm -hmm. you know yeah i could see i can see like the dvd covers like the two of them back to back you know like wait which is one's that the two of them back to back oh uh just scream i could see my friends who had scream one and two like when dvds came out oh right right the The dual packs fucking all right you went back and bought those because that's not how they came out like and the, the third Scream is really different. Like Scream 1 and 2 and even 4 are, keep the same tone. It's Kevin Williams writing. I don't think he wrote the third one. But if he did, it's it just feels like super campy and silly and not very scary. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen it. Okay, great. Yeah. We will in two years, I guess. <laughs> in two years. No, fuck that. <laughs> I'm over that formula. It's immediately. From now on, what we have to do yeah. is when we start one of these franchises, just immediately Plow watch them all, all of them. Yeah. We watch the one for the episode and then we watch them all. Right. And the next year we watched the second one and it's been some time. That but could work. I can't wait anymore. <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> You're getting fed up with now that we've done 45 movies of watching one and not any of the sequels. Yes. it's. I don't like it. A lot of loose ends, but it's going to start paying off, man. We're almost at the one year mark. So we're going to start now, like within a few within a few weeks from right now, we're going to be watching Exorcist 2 and we're going to be picking up mm-hmm. on that conversation. I'm sure we'll listen to our old episode again just to see what it's like. Yeah. But so, yeah, I, I totally get your frustration, but I think the payoff is coming. But no, you're right. Like it is for us, that's how we understand slasher. And at the same time, I know that I need to go back and watch a lot of classic slashers like Black Christmas, When a Stranger Calls. These are 70s yeah. and 80s movies that are held up to be the best slashers and the inspiration for movies like Scream. Like Scream is, that's a whole other layer of what's so exciting about this movie. It's also yeah. a meta commentary on exactly. slashers while that's... itself being a slasher. It can somehow remain tongue in cheek while maintaining that level of tension that is and the... excitement. That yeah. is the big thing about Scream is that it's got this metal layer and it's so much different. Like kind of like I know it's they're not at all tonally similar, but like Funny Games is a metal layer on home mm-hmm. invasions and or just violence in movies. But absolutely, you know that sort of yeah uh, type of movie. And at the same time, it still works as effectively as that kind yes. of movie. Yeah, exactly. While commenting on those kind of movies. Yes. So like, it's a hard. It's like a hard thing to nail, but both those two ones pull it off. Yeah. And ca- does Cabin in the Woods do that at all? I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. I'd say so. absolutely because they're leaning into those tropes of we have the jock, the and okay, even yeah. I love Cabin in the Woods so much because um, 
they are even the characters are commenting on like we don't usually act like this like why is she acting more like brain dead and airheaded (laughs) and why is he acting like such a tough football player like they fall into those tropes because that's what the gods want and the gods are us the horror viewers we have to do cabin in the woods soon cabin in the woods i can't believe we haven't we've talked about it so much i feel like it's gonna be kind of hard to do yeah it's like coherence in that sense yeah i mean could we ever even do coherence i don't know I don't think we could. All right, man. Um, I say we just dive into this thing and then carry on the conversation from there. Uh, sounds good to me. Uh, would you like to have a drink and watch some goddamn scream? Can't think of anything else I'd rather do. Cheers. This movie was um, originally called Scary Movie, and that's why that's how that's... the parody got the title. Really? Yeah. Because well, Scream was originally called Scary Movie. And then at some point it switched to Scream. And I think it was a studio move. And Wes Craven and Kevin Williams were both like, no, that's dumb. That's so dumb. Scream? Yeah. They hated <laughs> it. And eventually it grew on them and they grew to love it. Yeah. Another reference before I forget. The final Please. house where they shot at Stu's house, that whole... That um, massive super house. Is right across the street from the house where they shot Cujo. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Most ridiculous random tangent, but for some reason I remember that fact. I think this uh, I think this discussion is going to be just chock full of little facts you're going to just keep dropping and maybe, dropping and dropping. Maybe. There's a lot. There's a lot They're to be given. dripping out of your head, and they were the whole time we watched that movie. the whole movie is just oozing with references to other horror movies. Yes, it is. Non-fucking-stop. I'm trying to think of, okay, well, what movie didn't it reference? What horror movie did? I don't think Poltergeist got a reference. I don't think so. No. But but it was slasher centric, so I think it's mostly slashers that they wanted to reference, right? Got Nam- yep. Nightmare on Elm Street, Prom Night, Hellraiser, Hellraiser. Um, they brought up Hannibal. Uh-huh. They brought up, um, so all killers. Probably was it was Carrie? Did you say Carrie? Carrie, Carrie yeah. was in there. Yeah, which isn't. Necess- I guess it's people That's get killed, really. but it's not really a slasher per se. Yeah, no, it was just horror movies in general. Yeah. But yeah, maybe slasher themed. Jeez, it just it was nonstop and uh, just little little. What was uh, Wes Cronenberg? Wes Craven. Oh, when they said the line, they said yeah. uh, Wes Carpenter. Wes Carpenter. That's what it was. That one. I don't know why that really tickled me. I think it's funny because that character is it just does not know enough about horror movies, so they yeah. think that Wes uh, Wes Carpenter is the name of a director, but just mixing up. <laughs> Two very famous directors. Which I think that's hilarious. why it's appealing. Well, yeah, and one of them being the one who directed this movie. This very movie. Yeah. Who we also saw in full Freddy Krueger oh, costume God. as the janitor. That was so great. That's Maybe insane. my favorite part. That's insane. Was seeing Wes Craven. I didn't know that was Wes Craven. Also, I feel like who is there's a janitor scene, I think, as well in um I know what you did last summer. And I don't know if it's also Wes Craven, but... That I, would be fucking awesome if it was. It, but I remember in I Know You Did Last Summer, and again, I haven't seen these movies in like 10, 15 years. Okay. But I feel like there's a janitor, and in all the garbage that he has, there's also the scream mask. That's what my memory wants to implant. So maybe we should watch that one sooner than later just to see. Yeah, or Google the screen cap I want to know. Yeah. Should I do that right now? Sure, go for it. All right. Let's see. I still know what you did last summer has that Jack Black cameo. Yeah? Yeah. He's, I don't want to, I, uh, it doesn't matter. Jack Black <laughs> yeah. is in the sequel to Know You Did Last Summer. He dies and his head gets like spun around in a dryer. It's hilarious. I definitely have seen that. Yeah, it's Jack Black. <laughs> That's Jack Black's head. Oh my God. <laughs> at the time, you probably didn't know, like, oh, Not Jack, this isn't no. a significant person. No yeah. way. I wouldn't have thought that. Just like you never think in um, Fight Club that Chris Pratt's in it. He, no. Yeah. No. That's yes. such bullshit. It is not. Who's he in Fight Club? I'll, I'll tell you. You want to guess at all? You want to try to figure it out? Because no, you won't be able to, because it's one of those characters. Chris Pratt is the dude what gets hit in the face with the keyboard. 
and then the keys spell out fuck you as it's like that's insane yeah i i used to love that movie but i haven't again seen it in so so long so i have no idea if it holds up or not scream on the other hand <laughs> holds the fuck up this was a blast that was so much fun that was a great great movie like such a balance of and again when we watch get out i brought up scream just because it's such a balance of comedy and horror like yeah. you're laughing but you're tense and want to know like what's well, going to happen how is the scene going to play out? it's because i mean on this viewing it's very it's painfully obvious it's because they take both of those things seriously both roles of the movie the comedy portion they're trying to make it really funny yeah and make really good jokes about horror movies and then the killings are all grisly Deadly and serious. terrible and really scary and an oppressive ins- that's an insane thing to balance that is that's why i think why scream sticks in your head the way that it has is because like that is is an unprecedented success and when they happen in a contemporary sense like get out they really stand out as well like or cabin in the woods cabin yeah. in the woods is the other one i was about to say yeah there's not that many like true and i don't even want to call this a horror comedy it is very funny but it's a horror movie absolutely you know it's 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 absolutely a slasher movie yeah um it's just really really funny to fill in and even like some characters are funny but then like other characters in the scene are not taking it as funny they're not playing into the jokes they're still yeah you know it serves this good distraction when you have matthew matthew lillard being super obnoxious unbelievably so (laughs) (laughs) so over the top i think this is one of his first big movie roles in fact, when he went, when he got cast in this, I remember reading how he was just there, but he was just at the studios because another friend was going in for an, an audition. There's just one of those stories. So maybe it's fake, but someone like maybe. spot him in the hallway and was like, can you please come in and read for this other role? And he ended up getting cast as the, I don't one know. of the major roles in this movie. I think people like us are, are likely to believe those kininds of stories. Those stories are for the fans. Yeah. To create a mythology. <laughs> like maybe it. I could one day just someone will, like Steven Spielberg appoint at me. It's like, come over here, read these lines. Could be. It's <laughs> on the Wikipedia page, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you never I'm know. Well, did that, is that what happened to Harrison Ford in star Wars? Is it like he was like carpenter on set and like, I don't know. They say Morgan Freeman was the same. He was like a background actor and yeah. Eventually, he got pointed out in the crowd. Yeah. You, you, you should narrate about penguins. You should be God, <laughs> twice, twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Lo- loved it. So fun. I just want to put on the second one right now because the second one really doubles down on this logic and yeah. and it still it does it well. Maybe that's because of it. It came out so quickly after, but somehow it works. It works as a sequel. Like it does make me want want to see more Scream because the. I kind of found in some ways like the teenagers to be like crazily obnoxious and dated, but you know, that's, that's to be expected in some ways. But then at the same time, like the killings and the way that the phone calls like set up every, every murder to be like just top level chilling, you know? And I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see more of like, you don't totally know who it is. Uh, You know, it could be anybody. I think part it, it really is. It really yeah. is a and guessing I've, game until the I, end. They re, they, it's very well written. It's very tight. And I know like this must mean nothing to our, our listeners at this point, but I have seen this movie technically, but I didn't all remember these years later, I didn't remember anything. No. Wow. That's I, I, awesome. Bits and pieces like Courtney Cox's face is the most. So at what point part. Were, were you guessing until the end then until it showed the two of them? No, I, I remembered it was it was the dude like with the Stuart Billy. Which one? Um. The boyfriend or the, the, the boyfriend i knew i knew him and they like played him up um throughout the movie and i couldn't remember if i thought it was um dewey was like part of it or something right. like it, it threw me off because i couldn't you, remember the movie leads you along perfectly yeah they play everyone up as potentially yeah. possible but also i noticed in the opening scene where they first show billy the soundtrack is playing don't fear the reaper and the costume uh, is called is that why you said that shit it's like an acoustic cover 
Yeah, well, I just pointed out because I forgot that that cover was in it. But oh. then I later reflected too that, <laughs> oh, don't fear the Reaper. And they show the costume as um, like death or black death or something like that is the name of the costume itself. So the pieces, he is giving you the clues. Like he's, he's father death, there. I think they call it father is, death. That's it. It's the name of the costume. Yeah, yeah. So the costume is father death and the song is don't fear the Reaper. So that, that gives you like a little bit. Of There's hints. a connection. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice to give a little bit of hint, like leave hints in the, um, uh, genetics of the movie itself so that way the true yes. true keeners can do it or you figure it out after the fact and it's just a pleasing little yeah. fact like and going back like knowing it expecting it seeing all the little connections later yeah. it just makes rewatchability so much so much better this is so rewatchable i watched oh, yeah. this probably oh, yeah. a dozen times well i mean this is my second watch and it was way better this time <laughs> that's great uh, you know i can i just i'm realizing that when i was younger i was just bad at following plots i just had no <laughs> idea what happened this movie definitely um is uh, still a very very much a slasher movie in terms of kind of light flaky dialogue well, it's it's self-aware but at the same time it, it falls somewhat into the traps of that while at the same time commenting on the shallowness yeah, of that that is what redeems it for me is that it's like part of the the parody that they're making of these types of movies yeah. is that uh, even like even th- um they said it almost word for word this this theme we're talking about is right at the beginning. He's like, oh, like the the big breasted goes up, blonde goes upstairs instead of yeah, out the front Sydney, door. Sydney is making a conscious commentary on how in slasher know. movies there's an inherent misogyny about just women just being so dumb and big breasted and yeah, it's offensive. They she just said. get slaughtered and she finds that offensive. Yeah, and that's actually I remember reading that Wes Craven was starting to get a little disenchanted with horror because he was starting to recognize those things himself. Cool, but oh, this cool. is this is his way of still doing his craft what he yeah. the skills he had developed while at the same time still um criticizing yeah. it within that it, framework it's and criticized it's critique. acknowledged inside of his own piece that follows those rules as well like because then yeah um, goes face he's not, he's and, not and moving away he's trying to like lay the groundwork of how can we negate our way through what exists so he has the framework that he's established yeah at the same time he's criticizing it and making it work yeah, but and now it's like the question yeah. is where do slasher films go from there? She says that comment, which is the criticism, and then she does it right when he like break, breaks in. She does then run up the stairs yeah, and to follow that. That's up. definitely a comedic device in that moment. Yeah, sure, it's a comedic device in that moment, but they're also like saying like you know the you know the virgins will live and, and like there's a lot of comedic ways that they're realizing these like tropes, mm-hmm. but it's it's a way to acknowledge them and follow them still Absolutely. and like they still apply. It's like we somewhat like, subvert it, but at the same time, it's hilarious to watch characters not being able to surpass them. Yeah, in, cer- in certain scenes and other scenes, they can subvert for a good fuck yeah. It it, it seemed like um, what's that movie with uh, the parody of um Jason? that we watched final girls final girls yeah totally. it, it feels like that where like it's almost magical the way that like we can add that along with cabin in the woods and what was the other yeah. one we're talking about uh, i don't know man another cabin in the woods and what's the other horror com- oh get out get this out this is sure. like another effective horror comedy yeah like making it like really really funny laughs yeah and, yeah, yeah. Oh, and that, that one final maybe, girls was maybe final girls is a little less scary and more it's, like a commentary than anything else but it's more of a parody comedy i would call it, than it, it it's is very horror. effective but whatever yeah. whatever it's doing you know? yeah but like what i like is like it's ma- almost magical these tropes you know like with the the flashbacks and stuff like there's a like a, a there's magic definitely strong lot. parallels to final girls in that that they can't escape these tropes yeah and that's that's sort of what i what i took from you know she makes that comment about like running up the stairs rather than going out the front door and then she's forced to do that because she's basically living out a movie yeah the difference is, I guess, in some characters that she's commenting on, they just run up the stairs needlessly, 
where in Scream, she's for like the killers at the bottom of the stairs, so literally she has to run sure. up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, and and so yeah, they don't really subvert the Which, trope; they yeah. just change their you know, situation to make it necessary. And arguably, it could be like the killer making Sydney eat her own words. Sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> by making her run up the stairs. That's, that's another thing too; is it's yeah. a very aware killer, which is pretty cool. They were even going to let Wes Craven go as the director because they were skeptical once shooting started because he was taking his time with certain scenes, and they had to cut that whole opening shot. By cut, I mean edit. They had to stitch together the whole opening shot to show producers to be like, look, this is what the movie's going to look like. Because they were worried that, oh, this dialogue is too jokey. It's not scary enough. Like, what is Wes Craven doing? We should get another director in to finish this project. Right. And then when they showed that opening scene with Drew Barrymore, then the producers were like, okay, we see what you're doing. We got it. That's that's great. Keep going. That That is a really, really killer opening. It's amazing. Yeah. And it was the majority of the trailer, which is so good, too. That's awesome because then, yeah, you're not seeing most of the movie. You're yeah. not seeing kind of what counts for the movie. Yeah. That's just like an inciting incident that happens like sort of adjacent to the main story. And even the Jiffy Pop is such a subtle but hilarious thing to like, oh, she was doing this thing. And usually in horror movies, whatever the, you know, the current subject is working on gets totally neglected and left alone because of the killer pursuing them. But in this case, the popcorn that she was doing, they show it, catch on fire, it smokes out the building. Yeah. It becomes a huge problem. Exactly. Wasn't there a movie we just watched that had like a Jiffy Pop scene in it? Scary movie does. They, I think they go to extremes with it. They like the Jiffy Pop is like whatever, <laughs> 10 feet by 10 yeah. feet, just still popping. Hmm. No, that isn't. I, I saw a literal Jiffy Pop scare thing. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell was it in? Mm. Did they do it in Annabelle? The original Annabelle? Maybe. I think they did, and you didn't see it because you didn't watch it. That's got to be what it is. In the original Annabelle, there's some Jiffy Pop? I think there's a Jiffy Pop scene. Cool. Uh, right. I, lo- well, I love <laughs> I love so much in Scream Two, like just characters commenting at the the killer, like while things are happening. Yeah, Especially like, Rose McGowan in the garage, like, oh, am I supposed to just run away helpless now? Yeah. Like you're gonna kill me? Do you want to play psychopath killer? Yeah, he's just nodding slowly. Yeah. I think they make fun of that a lot in um, the scary in the first scary movie, they like really how because he's like communicates with like really ridiculous nodding. Yeah, and the, well, the person just keeps stabbing himself, like, "Oh, am I the helpless girl? Are you gonna oh, yeah. stab me?" And she starts stabbing, <laughs> and eventually, it's played by Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie. Yeah, she just completely murders herself. She murders herself. <laughs> the killer is like scratching his head as she's just like chopping. You're gonna just stab me repeatedly? Is that what you're gonna do? God, that's so good. Makes me want to watch a scary movie again. Um, I'm curious, but at the same time, I'm sure it's way. I'm sure it's terrible because my memory is as a 12 year old boy laughing at the ridiculously adolescent jokes in scary. Movie. Yeah, there's like a terrible like hand job joke in it. I don't know if you remember that. I don't. That's like my the, my number one memory of all scary movies. Wow, is this like yeah? It's just it's meant for it's meant for young boys. That's yeah. what that movie is marketed. <laughs> yes, for. it is, dude. It totally is. <laughs> I mean, I think they um they become full fledged comedies for like everybody as time well i mean oh here we go so so you're saying as the scary movies progress they mature and become more accessible to a wider audience intellectual films i would not call them mature or intellectual but i would Uh, call them less for teenage boys uh dave thinks that scary movie four should have got the oscar (laughs) instead of the artist yeah well i mean they just had those that great writing that je ne sais quoi you know what i mean i i guess so i think part of je ne sais quoi is not knowing what you mean um also um i think this year's oscar is going to the mummy so i mean when that happens everybody knows i think they're just gonna shut down the ceremony and not even bother right (laughs) mummy wins everything ceremony over poor tom cruise i don't think he's ever gotten an oscar nomination why are you doing that why am i doing what ripping on tom cruise no why are you like surfing on the mic (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about maybe do the (laughs) 
audience. I wonder if they rising you. I no, the, the volumes are going to stay the same because my mouth is moving with the microphone. I don't think Tom Cruise has ever won an Oscar. He hasn't, has he? Even somehow, not for Ghost Protocol. So early into Friends for Courtney Cox to be doing this, I remember... You said two years into Friends? Well, Friends was 94, I believe, to 2004. So yeah, and this is been like this, Yeah, a summer project halfway through. It's got to be, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. She did a pretty great job. Yeah. And it makes... It's such a great... It makes so much sense for her career to be playing like kind of more of a mean opportunistic individual yeah. as opposed to her character on friends you know yeah interesting like she also as someone coming from a like straight up comedy show she had a surprisingly few amount of like punchlines and jokes right and then, yeah no i think her character's purpose is and so as a slasher itself this is just it's such a great like outside of the commentary it's such a great setup to have like oh this main character's mother got killed mm-hmm. or whatever one year earlier. one year ago yeah and you have this newscaster character who's trying to catch more of the news story but also this character was like against the main character for this whole trial that took place but also this character who's being opportunistic and trying to get the scoop was in the right she had the right yeah. idea about who was actually guilty and she knew that cotton was innocent despite the main character who we're supposed to sympathize with the whole time getting it wrong about who actually did this to her mom yeah well that uh, the main character um she sydney. was sydney like her her whole like storyline was about like um just dealing with the emotional trauma of losing somebody and like trying to deal with physical intimacy and you know that yeah the events that like took her mom kind of like resurfacing and like it being centered around her and like the and media her following testimony her. locked someone away. Yeah. And so like then her losing confidence in that happening, like yeah. that is really a really compelling story on its own. It's so good on its own. And that it's so crazy to me. I forgot about this, but even in this first one, leave Shriver is playing cotton weary in that footage. So Lee Shriver is like a full on Hollywood actor and he's just in this movie for two seconds being like arrested, handcuffed and brought away in the news footage on TV. And he comes back in the second one because Cotton Weary, as of the second movie in Scream 2, if just in case you don't remember, he's free now because it was clear that Billy and Stu killed Sydney's mom. So he gets out and now he's a character. He's out and he's a character in the new one. Wow. But also she's going off to college. Like it's that's awesome. I kind of can't wait to watch the next one. Yeah. Like immediately after we stop recording. Maybe next next episode. Maybe like right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was going to say something else. I'm having Sydney about Leif Shriver about. Oh, and uh, Drew Drew Barrymore also had a crazy short role where she just got killed. Okay. Apparently Drew Barrymore was one of the first ones to sign on. She was like, this sounds great. I want to do something like that. And that's what got. Um, more studios i think that's actually what got wes craven on at first because kevin williams wrote the script and it was being shopped around and i think a studio asked wes craven to be part of it but then once drew barrymore got word of it she's like oh i actually want to play this character i think it would be super fun to do the thing like in psycho where a major like a more well-known actress gets killed off right away and she signed on to that and once wes craven realized that oh actual star power is interested in this movie then he then he's like i am a little more some of my star power is now interested just like a crazy case of an amazing script and all the right elements falling into place and making it work so well because when you watch the trailer you don't know that drew barrymore is going to be dead you know immediately yeah especially as literally the top build cast member she's the poster the poster is her face and she's dead yeah she gets dead bad Oh, and it's terrifying and scary and that, so engaging. That's probably the scariest of all the killings. Like that's the opening. I remember like when we were watching that, like just today. Yeah. And I've seen this before. We we're watching. It, I was like, I didn't remember it to be this intense. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, I also didn't like. I wouldn't have caught all these references. And 
so many yeah. references yeah that, that was that was pretty fun for me to watch it through this time and yeah. just like keep an ear for that but like i did not realize that it was so cold and oppressive and scary right in the very beginning i didn't right. remember that at all right and the references i definitely did not get the first time no watching. way like, <laughs> no i didn't watch all these 80s slasher films as a 10 11 year old this is my introduction yeah. to them i just knew that they were talking about some older horror movies and yeah so. and i mean this is making this is giving me like a few titles that i need to just watch and like get, which like, one's fresh. in particular um prom night prom night yeah um they i don't think they referenced when a stranger calls or black christmas and those are some of the from my understanding the earliest pioneers of slasher films yeah like those are late 70s where all the ones they reference are pretty much 80s like they said Candyman as well have you seen yeah, that one Candy, i haven't seen Candyman. i've seen Candyman. i uh i'd need to do a rewatch of hannibal and i need to do a rewatch oh, of, of the lambs silence of the lambs yeah thank you uh, and i need to do a rewatch of carrie right yeah those two are like and I need to also, like, not that this, I don't know that this was mentioned at all, but, like, it's just been on my radar. Rosemary's Baby is another one. Oh, Rosemary's Baby is I, so good. Like, I remember that yeah, one so yeah. fondly. Sons of the Lambs, I don't remember too fondly. I've, I have watched it somewhat recently, and it doesn't, it's it, just, it didn't hold up as well when I saw it. It's just, recently. it's a detective movie, though. It's not a, exactly. Yeah. It's that's more what you got to remember. It's like seven. Yeah. It's like seven. It's like Bone Collector. It's like all yeah, those yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. figure yep. out the serial killer. And, Bone Collector is great. Yeah, I love that movie. I loved it too. I haven't seen that one recently. What yeah, was the other no. one you mentioned? Silence of the Lambs, Rosemary's Baby, and I need to rewatch Carrie. Carrie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen Carrie more recently as well, and that's pretty good. Yeah, it's a that, weird little movie. It's just good to have that frame of reference. And Definitely like, not the remake. Just no, avoid no, that, like the no, no, play. No, no, I know. Despite having I have, Julianne Moore as the mom, it's just not good. I have no interest in that. I've heard nothing but Ugh. garbage about it. It's it's just useless. Boo to that. So the sequel is so great as just carrying on the logic of this one. And then the third one is just kind of a silly film, but it's still fun. It's basically all the fun and none of the scariness hmm. and none of the clever references. It's just kind of a fun, silly movie. But do a lot of people get gutted? Like. There's some deaths for sure. Okay. That's... But it's just silly. It's just kind okay. of a silly one. But then the fourth one is a return to the first and second and doubles down on some of the commentary hmm. to the point where it's almost ridiculous. So it's silly in how meta it gets about it. But there's still some good scares. It's still a good whodunit. It's still fun to watch. Okay. No, that's, uh... You haven't seen the fourth one at all? No. Oh, yes. I, I haven't right. seen three or four for sure. Let's just let's just go through all of them. Let's just right now the next three episodes, two, three, four. <laughs> we'll, s- we'll see what happens, listener. <laughs> we'll see, scaredy cats. Um, what I thought was awesome, and I mentioned briefly to you, is like how slapstick beat up um, Ghostface got. This is another great uh, original element of this series: is that it's a person in a mask, so they can take hits. Yeah, ridiculous. Hit. When someone ki- kicks the killer, the killer doesn't keep walking. The killer knocks over and groans in pain because it's a human. It was a dude getting hit by the top of a refrigerator opening. It was like the silliest like Jackie Chan like choreography. Totally. It was ridiculous. Three Stooges slapstick kind of the way that this guy got beat up. He would get kicked and like do a crazy like jump backwards and like roll on his back and then stand up again quick like turns to the camera with his mask like yeah it was really ridiculous but, but it also it, showed that like you know everyone's got the same kind of fighting chance it gives a layer of realism to this movie that you don't have in as many slasher films as you should that oh it's just straight up another human and they can be debilitated however temporarily yeah and temporarily is all that it could do but and and That's still yeah satisfying and, and still you'd be able to like be holding the keys for the car you're in, you know, be outside right at that moment. They needs to be like, it didn't impede the, any of Ghostface's success. 
You know what I mean? Like, you still got all the kills, despite the fact that, you know, every single person you tried to kill could fight back very easily. Yeah. And somewhat successfully. Still got all those nasty kills and still was one step ahead of everybody. Absolutely. Which was great. Um, that car scene's great when he's dangling the keys. Oh, yeah. And just was... trying to keep the doors locked. And then he's going to pop Yeah, up. he just ducks down. That's yeah. a great little... Somehow opens the trunk without her hearing it. Yeah, because he's quickly scooting around and opening the other side. So mm-hmm. she's looking for the lock to pop. She's hustling. Yeah. Unaware that he's right behind. Yeah. And but still, I feel like if a trunk opens and you send yeah. in the car, you're you're aware of where that yeah. where he is you should be or you're looking around frantically and you yeah. notice the gaping open back yeah. whatever um, i mean that along with fences that rip so easily we're, we'll oh, forgive some elements we were in this movie laughing our asses off about the fences she just tears down a fence at one point <laughs> and then they just start ripping up fences with that car cha- or when she's in the van uh-huh oh yeah so that's what Court- courtney cox came in all bloodied from and we thought she was dead is because she crashed the car correct i forgot she I'm totally like, so she was totally delirious. that was the last we saw of her and then she eventually crawled back in and you and you made a comment about how like ooh, she's and you were commenting about like how fast it was driving like so you were fast. trying to convince me she no, was dead that's you reading into it i was i was more <laughs> commenting on me like watching this movie now being like that would that would kill her oh okay that would than... significantly disable her <laughs> not enough to run back in at a key moment because <laughs> imagining that like you know that this person does or does not die. And you're like, man, you thought it was going, that, going you 50, 50 kilometers per hour. You hit a tree, dead stop. Your body keeps going. You're dead. No, I, like, ass- okay, I assume that you remember as much of this movie as I did. Like, Very I, little. No. I remember frame for frame the whole movie all the way through. <laughs> when the movie started, I knew exactly who was about to, who was going to die when, how they were going to die, when, the lines they were going to say before they were going to die. Like, I know this movie very well. Clearly, dude. How long has it been? Despite having not seen it in a long time. Um, I'd say it's been at least six or seven years since oh, i've watched this one wow dude then i might well done i might have revisited it before seeing the fourth one because i saw the fourth one right away in yeah. theaters and that came Just out recently yeah well no Just, how, how recently do you think it came out like 2007 8 oh my god no 2011 come on uh, uh, okay but that well, was, that's what i mean it feels by more recent, recent it is feels like, more recent than that to me it feels like it's only, it only like, came out five years ago not like a year after the third one you know the third one which is a year after the second that's that's what i mean like yeah no it was 2000. there was a huge gap in between and there okay. was even talk of them rebooting for a second trilogy but i guess that didn't happen it could still didn't it wasn't could there be. a tv well there's a tv show yeah, yeah but that, that doesn't it's like different it's, it's not different. Sydney Prescott. It's yeah. not okay. It's not it's Woodsboro. Not part of that progression. It's not part it's of that. Completely universe. different. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a different mask too. I heard it was good. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Maybe check it out. And report back. Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> we'll I sure don't want to. Uh, yeah, but I loved it. And after the fourth one came out, it it was so tempting to deface. Um, in Toronto, there was ads for it everywhere. Like there were giant Scream Four posters, and I just wanted to like with a sharpie go killer arrow dead arrow dead arrow <laughs> lives arrow. <laughs> Dude, that would have been amazing. It's the most dickish move, but it was just, you know, that shit just pops in your head. Sure. Yeah. You just want to fuck everything up. Go to like the Star Wars that poster. Anarchy. Like just have a line between Vader and Luke, father, son. Or and, just like, like an X across Harrison Ford's face for Force Awakens. <laughs> and don't explain it. So people walk by like, what? <laughs> what? Why, why is there an X across Han Solo? What? I just have all sorts of different colored lines connecting like Ray to like Luke and then Han Solo to... Ooh, I'm just saying all the stuff that people should have Scary watched. Cats, I'm sorry if, if you haven't seen Force Awakens and didn't know that Han Solo dies, but yeah, or, get with the times. I mean, it was Christmas 2015. It's a long time ago now. Yeah. You should be sick of Rogue One. Hey, we haven't gotten a trailer for the new Star Wars movie, and that shit comes out in three months, or it's supposed to, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I guess. We haven't isn't got, that crazy? We've gotten no trailer yet. Yeah, usually you tease that, they tease that shit way far in advance. Is that shit getting bumped? No. 
They're going to keep that date of December 10th or something? Yeah. That's so soon to not have any any taste. Yeah, I guess Three it months. is. I wonder if that's like that's just like um yeah, it is. You're fucking right because like there was so much advertising and so much shit for Force Awakens. Like seven teasers, three trailers. Um all sorts of different trailers related to like the release of the the game Battlefront. Uh, like there was so much additional information about Maybe that it's because they know they have us. They know that people are going to go get tickets. <laughs> they, they don't need to waste any money on advertising anymore. <laughs> or they spent it all. <laughs> like, well, what do you mean possible. we have no monies? Well, Zero monies? Well, you spent $1 billion on advertising three movies. So but how, yeah. much, how much did we make? Like $1.1 billion. Where's the rest <laughs> of the money, George Lucas? <laughs> Where's that mill? Maybe they're, maybe it's an incredible plot that they want to keep secretive. That would be the best case scenario, I'd say, where it's there's so much that they don't want to tell us, so uh, we just go in and experience it. I wonder if they're fresh. like, I wonder if it's like, like the crazy threat of leaks that have been happening so much lately, so like just like much. hackers stealing information, just giving it out to the public, trying to hold it ransom, and HBO being like, no. We're not paying you anything. <laughs> We're not paying you anything. People steal this thing anyway. We just send out our little emails and we'll we'll get our money back. They will. No, they won't. They're they're committed to the sinking ship that is cable. They won't. The shape succeed. of your cable package. <laughs> I'm actually, in love with your cable package. I read an article that said the worst um like bullshit celebrity cameo of all of time this, of all time was Ed Sheeran. That was number one. Yeah, that was number one. See? Like that just happened, and it's already number one. Well, That's the, how bullshit it was. Because they didn't need to make a list of bad cameos until like one just offended everyone in the world in one day. I, I hope that that was the entirety of the list. Like, list of worst cameos. There's, There's only one. It's Ed Sheeran, HBO, and it's bullshit. There was tons. There was a lot. And I remember almost none of them because like Shit, they're all actual cameos. Like They just appear for a second, and then they're gone. Right. I'm sure one of them is just like Stan Lee you know like oh yeah yeah stanley ever but that's always so innocuous and so quick well i know so it's probably me. like 15th on the list like but right. i'm saying like and they're pointing out what you know what's yeah. kind of annoying and they're smart with those stanley cameos too because they never do it at a point of high tension or anything it's always at a point where nothing really is happening yeah. the scenes are moving along and oh there's usually there's stanley. usually a bit of a joke yeah. yeah exactly it's like usually an appropriate moment for a punchline yeah 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 but it's a Wes Craven one, man. That was so <laughs> fucking ridiculous and over the top. So over the top. He may as well had the fingers. Like, yeah. he may as well been in full. It may, it may as well it's, been Freddy Krueger. It's like even Freddy Krueger's sweater isn't that green and red. Like he just <laughs> they made the colors extra vibrant. It's like Christmassy. Like rather than just that kind of like burgundy and forest green. It was and somehow it's still not enough. And even the fawns is Scouse is the fucking principal. And it's still not enough and to take does, you out of the movie. He does that ridiculous scissor scene where he's like, I gotta gut you both or whatever he says. Oh my god. Something horrific. And we were Dude, laughing the whole students. time. Yeah. yeah. We were laughing the whole time about how insensitive every single one of these characters are and how they just don't <laughs> care about what they say or do to any character. It doesn't matter. Especially authority figures. Prince principals yeah newscasters parents cops yeah cops <laughs> it was all just so laughable the kind of shit they did 25 we're to believe that dewey is 25 years old that's crazy a 25 year old cop with a stupid little mustache uh-huh who ends up marrying Courtney do you remember cox. him in scary movie i think i think he's a killer in scary movie he's like dewey and he's drools a lot and his hair is everywhere and it's very offensive it's like a very offensively written well, character uh v- vaguely that sounds like something that just, they would i do. don't think we should revisit that <laughs> i think we should let, let it scary die. movie be a movie that we loved when we were 12 years old and just not go back there we'll see now nah, i'm gonna revisit it it did launch anna ferris's career and she is, is like especially goofy and dominant which works for her as an actress like she can play that and make it hilarious mm-hmm. playing like a really stupid character you know yeah, she can she did pretty well in those movies yeah. i found there were some good moments like i don't know 
I don't, I'm not going to talk about the merits of scary movie <laughs> because I'm sure they're worse than they are. Worst case scenario, better. we cannot be talking more about scary movie than Scream. Right. In our episode about Scream. Uh, it's riding the line right now. It's close. <laughs> it's close. But it's also, I remember reading too that, um, so this was made by Dimension Films, which is a branch of Miramax, I believe, run by the Weinstein brothers. Bob Weinstein was like a main producer of Scream. And mm-hmm. before they started shooting, he was like, you need another death. You have 30 pages here. That's 30 minutes without a kill. You need another kill in here. So Kevin William is like, okay, fine. We'll kill the principal. And he didn't realize it at the time, but that was the perfect um, out that he needed for the party scene where he, it starts with a party scene and he wants the mass uh, murder to end there, but he uh, needs everyone to leave except for a key amount of characters. The so principal, he kills the principal when they that find was out. when most of the people cleared out, which is perfect. Yeah, I was going to say that that was ludicrous that they killed off the principal. That really changed the dimension of the movie, that it's not just these teens at this party who are all happen to be around this one girl. Because yeah. that's... No, it's kind of anybody. It is. I'm wondering about the motive for the principals, like for them killing the I know it serves good for the plot, but why did they stick around the school to kill the principal? Uh, well, he he's the one who incited, like who stopped all the classes and he was alone there. So, so just someone alone, kill another body, get yeah. the kill count up. Um, and they were, they're students at that school, killing your principal if you're killing people. Yeah, kill the principal, man. We <laughs> well, don't that, need the principal. That was the silliest part is when like everyone's like uh, like half drunk at the party going like, woo, principal's dead. Let's go see yeah. before they cut him down. From the flagpole or something? From the like the, field? I think the football. Yeah, the football. The goalpost. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. We never get to see that, but <laughs> it's implied. Yeah. And... <laughs> God, and then they all just run out and go. I'm like, God, Jesus Christ! If that ever happened any time <laughs> in my lifetime, including in 1996, no one would go be. and be excited about that. Let's go look at the body of our principal. Yeah, it, no, let's like, holy shit! There's someone murdering people close to us. Yeah. Like he once like said, like, hey, you kid, that's that's enough. He's a person in your life, and you just got fucking murdered and hung from a goalpost. Uh huh. It's fucked up. I thought a lot about the faculty at that moment too, just because teachers, teachers in and, the school, and blood. death blood yeah. yeah sure we have to watch that soon it's, we must it's like itching at the back of my neck like yeah, nev that's, campbell that's very <laughs> she did that once in this movie i think she did it like 20 times okay maybe my picture of nev campbell is her looking distressed scratching the back of her neck yeah. i feel like that's 90 percent of nev campbell acting yeah i'm sure it is and if you if you don't know what we're talking about just watch some movies i'm sure you'll see it we're also talking about 90s nev campbell i'm sure she's evolved and bloomed as a performer she no longer shows has her stress tick. on her neck yeah <laughs> Once you can she click into like does. an actor's tick, it just can drive you crazy whenever yeah. they do that over and over sure. again. Yeah, yeah. Any kind of pattern. Yeah. yeah. Name one. Um, one is uh, Bradley Whitford from The West Wing. You ever watch that show? A little bit. Who is uh, he in The West Wing? Josh. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe. Josh is the... Oh my God, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who is Josh in The West Wing? He's the one who has the whole romantic plotline with Donna, his secretary, the blonde. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know who Josh is then. Okay, yes. Josh. yes, I do. So Josh always exhales when he talks to get information out really quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can hear it now. What are we going to do with a press conference in the middle of the afternoon? Like he just, he okay, yeah. takes in a big breath, can, locks it down and then face. leaks it out like a helium out of, like helium like out of balloon. It's like a, that's how he performs. And it also always seems like a little annoyed or stressed or something. Or exactly. Rushed. Yeah. Fuck. Exactly. Fuck you. <laughs> I, mean, I hate this, this game, one. but good enough. I hate this game. I'm satiated. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of one. I'm sure I could if I tried, but... I drinking. feel like Richard Gere is another one. The Richard Gere is always just like... Yeah, he's always got like a gerbil up his ass. He's just got like such a stupid grin. That was a reference in this movie, man. Yeah, there you they go. referenced the rumor of Richard Gere the, having Richard a gerbil. Richard Gere's gerbil ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
crazy rumor. It's and she said, rumor. and the way she brought it up too is like, I don't know, you just hear you hear enough about that rich <laughs> that I, gerbil thing, and you start to believe it. Maybe I love this universe so much because in this universe teenage dialogue like how teenagers talk to each other are just in horror movie references yep that's it that's the like full content of their conversation yeah and i mean also they like get together as a group at parties and one one like super intensely like i love horror movies guy randy is like dictating what the rest of the people do and he's like no you idiots like yeah. he's just telling them what's up and like the horror, the, movie. the horror movie nerd is elevated to a status of like quasi hero in this film yeah which is so great yeah and he's in the sequel and it's so good yeah, he's like he's not quite as good as the Thomas Middleditch character in Final Girls, right? Who's like identical, but very parallel. Very they're, similar, they're the yeah. same character. Yeah, but I just love. The he, little he performs leaner. better. He's a yeah. better Thomas Middleditch is a funnier performer. I'd I'd say. Yeah, and and it's a refined role at that point in time too. It is, yeah. So. But in Scream Two, it's like the same thing, but doubling down. It's like rules of the sequel number one. <laughs> just like, it's the same shtick, but yeah, you're so excited and ready for it that. It, <sighs> I can't wait. I want to watch more Scream right now. Oh, man. That That's was... what always happens when we watch these like classic. Exactly. Anime. Ones that are really good. We just want to pop in the sequel immediately. Yeah. I mean, that's that. I guess that does ultimately support you saying that Scream holds the fuck up because I watched it just like any other one of the movies that we watch on this podcast, be it a brand new independent movie or an 80s franchise yeah. that's just starting it, it feels the same it's just as exciting and like i want more of that that was great mm-hmm. and there is more <laughs> so like there really is so i'm just gonna do that i don't think i want to wait all right well maybe we'll do it next week maybe, maybe. we'll pull a text chris saves off first and watch scream 2 immediately after scream 1 maybe we will There's... if we do it for anyone it's good for scream 2 because i feel like it's almost scream part 2 like it really is, especially these first two, because yeah, they're, just like, feel, they're the same people. The the same st- came out twelve months later. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's so fresh, it's so quick, and it's done very well. Usually, rushed sequels are a bad thing. Usually, it's just such a bad indicator and just done for profit. But in this case, yeah, it did make a lot of money. But at the same time, it it was a worthy sequel to the name of the first Scream. Yeah, and I think that's the most important part about it is it holds up to most moviegoers and Scream fans. And that's that's my memory of it, too. And my memory of Scream 2 is a little less foggy, but still, I can't remember what happens. I can just see some faces. Right. So that'll be a great watch, too. Great. Great. Awesome. Stay tuned. Thank Maybe next good. week, maybe a year from now. Yeah. Thank goodness for my terrible goddamn memory. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have short-term memory um, when or short-term memory issues when you watch a lot of horror movies because you can re-enjoy mm-hmm. a lot of the things that you love, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been fucking wonderful, especially for like right this fucking minute. Because that was great. There's some short film that I don't know if it ever got released, but it was starring Matt Bronger and Ron Funches, some of these comedians. But the whole concept was these um, dudes find a machine that um, can wipe specific memory from having watched certain movies. So the yeah, whole short, telling me about this. the whole short is them wiping the memory of ever seen Back to the Future and then watching it for the first time and, and having their minds blown, blown away. Yeah. yeah, and just doing that every time. That's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> That like that concept is better than any other concept, and I would just love to see their faces reacting to things. I know I want to watch that short more yeah. than I want that technology. I want to see like <laughs> how do comedians like act as characters who have never yeah. seen something before? Yeah. How do the, how do two people like react when they get to watch Independence Day over and over <laughs> and over again? Uh, dated reference. Oh, let's go to our <laughs> Instagram comments. On our Hush episode, Miss underscore Psycho underscore eight said, that's a great movie. I relate to the main character a lot. Oh, so you're deaf. So this person's deaf. And mute. 
and being chased by a mass killer currently please be careful yeah be very careful um don't don't let them in uh you throw the thing the the fire alarm thing yeah throw that outside uh trust your sense of touch like when you feel a little draft coming in from above mm-hmm. they're probably right on top of you yeah visualize all the ways you could be killed mm-hmm. like very graphically and use that in your decision making yeah Get the cell phone out of your friend's pocket before John Gallagher Jr. realizes that he had forgotten that there. Yeah, you don't quite get it, but try that. (laughs) Maybe you'll succeed. (laughs) Also, the killer is John Gallagher Jr. Uh, Just save those vocal cords. Uh, He's got a beautiful voice and has won a Tony for performing musicals on Broadway. He has? Yeah, dude. Wow. That's why I know him, first of all. My reference for John Gallagher Jr. is the musical Spring Awakening. Well, that's just the coolest thing I've ever heard. Oh, I'd love to show you that performance, show you him killing it. It's unbelievable. Okay. That's... He's first in my head a, mus- a musical a music actor, boy and then and a then creepy became man. became an actor in film. Wow. And he's done great transitioning. Like, he's done such genre films. I, I can see 10 Cloverfield Lane, Hush. Yeah, he also did Belko Experiment. I believe he's one of those individuals. I, in I haven't movie. seen Belko Experiment. I haven't either, but I'm saying he's in more genre films than even the ones that we've just seen. That's cool. Well, I mean... The fact that you bring up Belko Experiment, we should really watch Belko Experiment. We should. It's more contemporary. I'm sure people would be excited to hear our opinions on that. I was excited about Belko Experiment. Yeah. I think we talked about it once in an episode. It's our kind of movie, man. Yeah. People are stuck in a building. It's on lockdown. They got to kill each other. Dead times. All right. Um, all right. And we have a comment here on our alien post on Instagram by kgold70. Um, oh, this is good. Um, as for why Alien made its way into the shuttle in the first place. So we had a big, long discussion. We did. Um, yeah. We had a big, long discussion of how is it there? That just makes no sense. The ship, she was just saw it minutes before. The ship is in fucking flames. There's Ripley escaping at the end of the movie Alien yeah. Yeah. in the escape pod. We're wondering yeah. how the alien got into the pod. She sees it. She ducks it. She goes the opposite way with the cat. She gets into the pod and it's uh-huh. fucking already in there taking a nap. Somehow. Um, my theory is that it was retreating from all the steam and the noise of the warning alarms happening in the main ship as it counted down to self-destruct. The alien was like any animal that would prefer a safe, quiet spot to nestle away from all the stressful racket, and the shuttle was the perfect place for it to go, just like my dog tries to do during the fireworks every 4th of July. Okay, um, I can see it. I like attributing some animalistic tendencies to the alien. I think that... I like it a lot. I yeah, like this, I like this creative, like, okay, how, how can I possibly reconcile it? It was there. So yeah. how did it get there? What happened? I like, I, I can accept that. Yeah. At the same time, I don't know if an alien is as scared of fireworks as like a dog would be. No, it didn't seem scared of fucking anything, no. you know, throughout the whole thing. Those and things are like nearly invincible, man. It was those cl- xenomorphs. It was clamming around in all those like vents where there's steam and shit shooting out, dripping yeah. dawn till dusk on that ship. Yeah. Like it never stopped. So, I mean, I don't know if it was scared, but I if it got sleepy. But I appreciate the option because we couldn't come up with any possibilities. No, that made why. no sense to me. So you, you're clearing or, things up a little bit. For or us. if like to Table. add a little bit to that, if that's where it was resting the whole time. Right. If that was like the place that it had gone to to hide away from uh-huh. most of the movie and when it, we didn't see it. And then it was like, it couldn't find Ripley. And it's like, ah, the ship's going haywire. I'm going to go back to my little <laughs> den. There you go. I got a real, I get real cozy in between all those giant thick ass cords. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I can buy it. I, I, I appreciate that comment. K gold 70. That's a, that's a good theory. Thanks. If any of you guys have any comments on any of our previous episodes or just yeah. even this one on screen, please leave sure. your comments below in this post on Instagram. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Fill in the gaps where we can't make sense of it. Um, great job. K gold. I think that really, that satisfies me in a way. Thanks everyone for tuning in to text. Chris Dave's on massacre. I'm Chris Vandenberg. I'm David Stonebra, and as always, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. 
We'll watch the sequel next week. Chaos Reigns. Ah, we probably actually will. We sure will. See you then, scaredy cats.